Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Our God is faithful to all his promises. Hallelujah. I said it again. Our God is faithful to all his promises. All the promises of our God are yea and amen. I said they are yea and amen because that's what the word of God causes us to know. That the promises of Yahweh are yea and amen. He is the God who watches over his word to bring it to fruition in the lives of his people. And I would to God that we all would consider ourselves as we are called to be the children of the Most High God. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, saints of God, there is a word from the Lord today for the people of God. I come before us today with the word of the Lord to put you in remembrance that you are a woman of worth. You are a man of worth. Not because of your degrees or your academic achievements. Not because of the physical attractiveness that God has allowed you to display. And not because of any of those things. But simply because of who you are in Christ Jesus. You have worth. God has not made any junk. And inasmuch as in this fallen state of humanity... We all look upon ourselves in the reflection of a mirror and don't like this about us and don't like that about us. We often compare ourselves to others. I am here to remind us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the God who formed and fashioned us in the womb knew exactly what he was creating. You are a masterpiece of God. Hallelujah. Let us hear the word of the Lord. As it comes to us, the people of God, speaking of the value that God has placed upon you and the value that he has placed on me, I think that we can start with Luke, as I have before us displayed here. It says, now the tax collector, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Those that were considered to be the outcasts of their day. I'm encouraged that this gospel message that you and I have to share still have ears that are yearning to hear it. God and his word would never return void. Tax collectors and sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus. But the religious folks, the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eat with them. The third verse of the 15th chapter, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety and nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he find it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, Jesus says, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over the ninety and nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. There is a need for the ninety and nine to repent. There's a need for the body of Christ to repent. We need to repent over our self-righteous manner of living. We need to repent over having this callous attitude towards the tax collectors, so to speak, and the sinners who yet need to hear what God's word is saying. Jesus spoke this parable profoundly, but note the religious ones. Always murmuring and complaining. My brothers and sisters, it hasn't changed. In the midst of one trying to share God's word, there are going to be those who are going to find issues with it. There are those who are going to murmur and complain. There are those who are going to seek to admonish you why you ought not to be doing what God has called you to do. Tax collectors and sinners are still yearning to hear good news. They heard it and they responded. Praise be to God. I said they heard it and they responded. And Jesus is saying that there is going to be a rejoicing as there presently is over one sinner that comes to Christ. Rejoice in God. Rejoice over his word. And again, I say rejoice. The word went on, Jesus, and this is so important to him that I've noted that he didn't just drop one parable, but he went to bring yet another. He says, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Now, have you noted that he spoke not only to the men, if you would, with regards to the sheep who can identify with that, but he also spoke to those who may not be able to identify with being in the pasture looking after sheep. He said, suppose you've lost a coin. Does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, Jesus says, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. My brothers and sisters, the heavens rejoices over the repentant heart. And I am encouraged that you, the body of believers, you were the reason at one juncture in your journey of life that caused all heaven to rejoice because you repented. And in this journey of sanctification, we continue to repent. As I shared with us some months ago, we were saved, yes, from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin. And the day is coming when we will all be saved from the very presence of sin. We rejoice. Jesus left these two parables with them. He says there is a need for you and I to see things differently. The lost sheep. The lost coin. What is lost in your life? 
need be found. I see the need. I see the need for us, the body of Christ, to advance the kingdom of God. But for us to be able to do so, there's some things that we need, yes, truly to lay aside. And I believe one of the such things is uh, we need to settle in our hearts as to who we are and whose we are. It's not by our works of righteousness, it's by His grace. It is God who is at work in us both to will and to do. We cannot be distracted. We're trying, trying in our own strength. It is he who is working in you and in me. And the word of God reminds us that the joy of God is our strength. And so we're speaking of worth as I conclude here today. With regards to the worth that God has placed in you. And the worth that is placed in me. We are a people of worth. Amen. And you can declare it. I am a man of worth. I am a woman of worth. I'm a child of worth. Yes, you are. You have worth. God has declared that over your life. And therefore, we need to walk in the confidence of such. We are loved. He who loves you extends an invitation for you to draw nigh. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. The word of God for the people of God. Let's close with the Romans. It says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patient wait for it? Likewise, the Spirit also help our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Profound. For we were saved by hope, believers. You cannot explain it away, but you experience it. And you can share that experience with others. For the word says we were saved by hope. But that hope is not seen. For what? A man or a woman see it. They have no need to hope for it. Isn't that right? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we must with patience wait for it. I'll conclude further here in Romans. It says, and we know. Do you know this? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. God has a purpose for your life as well as mine. And there's nothing about us today, nor tomorrow, nor next month. If he tarries in grace granting life that he's not aware of. He knows all the paths that you and I will take. He knows our sitting down and our rising up. You and I are going to be surprised by some of the things that we say, that we hear, that we do. But God is not. He knows the end from the beginning, and yet he loves us, calls us, and give us purpose. I speak to the church today as I speak to myself. God will have us to rejoice in hope. God will have us to be a people of hope. And we ought to know some things. This life is short, but the trouble that man will experience are many. But God will deliver us. He will do what? He will deliver us out of them all. And there's no need to be delivered unless you're in a situation that warrants being delivered. And I am in such a situation, and I'm sure you are. 
How should we then conduct ourselves as we hope in God, as we wait in God, as we worship God? God is seeking to get us to another place. Let's conclude what the word went on to say. Praise God. It says, for whom God did foreknow, he also did predestine to be confirmed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestine, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. He has called us. He has predestined us. He has justified us. And he want to glorify himself through your life and mine. What shall we then say to these things? What shall you now say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? And so the word says in the 32nd verse, he that spirit not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God loves us that he has made every provision for us. And those situations that are challenging in our lives, they are ripe for God's intervention. They are ripe for God's work of miracle. Because he is still the repair of the breach. He's still the God of the impossible. He's still able to do above and beyond what you and I can ask for. Isn't that why we pray for miracles? Isn't that why we ask him to do what we know naturally cannot be done? What shall we then say? Shall he not wit Christ also give us freely? It's not your works of righteousness. It is the gift of God. It's the love of God that will freely bring all things all things to fruition in your life. Who can you declare that? Say who? Who shall lay anything to the elect of God? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. The third or fourth verse. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. That's why no one should cause you to feel the condemnation of your failures. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, it is he, Christ, that is risen again. Who is even now at the right hand of God the Father? And the purpose of him being there is making intercession for you and for me. He intercedes for us. And the word of God then concludes here in Romans I'm reading through the 8th chapter, the 24th through the 40th verse. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? My brothers and sisters, I close this afternoon by reminding you that you are a woman and a man of worth. That God has chosen you. There's nothing about your life that he's not aware of and he loves you. And let's close with the closing verses. Here we go all the way through to the end, the last three verses. It says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors 
through him who loved us. Amidst all the failures, and there are many, we are more than conquerors. I'm yet more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved me. Don't lose sight that you are loved. You are loved with an everlasting love. Who loved me? For I am, here are the last two verses, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come. I, I love it. Praise be to God. You ought to be persuaded. You can be persuaded amidst it all uh, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present or that which is to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My brothers and sisters, I would to God that each of us would hold dearly the word of God. More so that pertains to this eighth chapter of Romans, the 24th through the 39th verse. Make it your own. Make it personal. And then rise up in the strength of God, in the hope that is in God, and sing your songs of praises because of him who has delivered you. The Lord who knows us the best, loves us the most. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah.